This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And that's the tea. You're listening to Sissy That Pod. My name is Keen, and welcome to 2024. Thank you for joining me here on the podcast. This is, of course, a RuPaul's Drag Race Reaction podcast. We are about to get into full coverage of season 16 and yeah I just wanted to chat to you one-on-one here at the top of the episode to say thank you so much for listening thank you so much for listening all the way to 2023 your interactions your emails your reviews all thoroughly appreciated and yeah here's to another year as you know I've been kind of doing a recurring guest co-host all last year and we're going to continue that into this year and I'm so excited that this season is going to be co-hosted by Troy McKeady. Troy's been on the show a few times. He is a font of pop culture knowledge which is exactly what you need when you're covering Drag Race. I first got onto him when I, he was hosting the show Dunzo which was like a retrospective on early 2000s pop culture. Now he covers Beyond the Blinds which is just more celebrity pop culture through these sort of like gossip items called blind items um really successful podcasts are so nice and fun and great to chat to so i'm really excited for our coverage of us with him and he can bring a us sort of knowledge on the ground to the show as well which is something that i personally cannot bring to you so thank you for joining us hope you enjoy our coverage of season 16 and let's get on with the show troy mcgeady Hello, my name is Dave Coffey and I'm the host of Phoning It In, the hilarious improvised phone-in show. It's like Joe Duffy's Liveline, except we make it all up on the spot. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 episodes featuring some of the best comedy performers in the country. People like Kevin McGahern, Alison Spittle, Killian Sunderman, Shane Dan Byrne, Joanne McNally, Michael Fry, Emma Doran, Peter McGann, Hannah Mamalus, Tony Cantwell and so many more. Join me, Dave Coffey, for phoning it in right here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Troy McEady, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thank you so much for agreeing to co-host this season of Sissy That Pod. I'm honoured, first of all, that you asked me. I am very excited to be here. Um, I don't get to talk about drag, to about drag race as often as I wish. So this is like Mm -hmm. a selfish endeavour, to be honest with you. Like, I'm very excited. (laughs) Okay, perfect. I'm going to say I'm providing you the service. The <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so long-term listeners to the show, or obviously your shows will know who you are. Um, but if not, you host Beyond the Blinds, which is a podcast which talks about blind items and celebrity pop culture, etc. I'm obsessed with it. I listen every week. How would you describe a blind item? Like a, like a gossip column, I suppose? I would just, the way that I describe a blind item is like, it's anonymous gossip. So it's gossip, like you would read in like Us Weekly or, you know, on TMZ, but it's anonymous because it's usually very salacious and usually comes from somebody close to the person. So it's got to be anonymous so that the person doesn't get discovered. Yeah. So if you love celebrity tea, Beyond the Blinds obviously is great, but you know, be warned, you may ruin their favorite celebrity. Yeah. That's usually what happens. People come in, they're excited. They're like, oh, I love Hugh Jackman. And then they leave depleted. They leave a lesser version of themselves. Be ready to lose a little bit of yourself. Yeah. Manage to just embrace the cynicism. And, you know, that doe-eyed naivety that you go in to listen to that podcast will be shot upon (laughs) instantly. Immediately. (laughs) Um, But you've been on the show before talking about Drag Race. Talk to me about how your, your fandom of Drag Race. How long does that go back? Um, I don't know if I ever, like, I don't remember when I started watching the show, but I know that it was very, very, very early because I remember the thing that I loved about Drag Race when it first came on was that it was like a parody of other shows. <laughs> so I loved it because I loved Project Runway. I loved Next Top Model. Like, I loved all of, like, all the shows that it made fun of. So I would kind of watch it because I loved drag and I loved, like, the them kind of making fun of Tyra and like, you know, and then obviously now it's just kind of become its own, like, it's like its own Marvel universe. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's like, it's a lot different than when it started, but I would say that I started watching it like 
the year that it came on TV. I just don't remember it. If sure. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't remember large chunks of my childhood anymore because my brain is just a data dump of drag queen names from all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> all of your childhood memories are like Ginger Mitch and like Trixie. You're like, wait a minute. What did I do for my seventh birthday, Adele? Uh, Ginger Minj did Adele on Snatch Game. That's all I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's just Ginger with like a blacked out tooth. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the crib. So talking about season 16, how do you feel? Obviously, we'll get into this week's episode. How do you feel about this season so far? I really liked the premiere episode. I was telling you before we started recording that I thought before it aired that I would have like drag race fatigue mm-hmm. because it doesn't air anymore. Like there's missing drag race anymore. But I just fucking love drag and I'll never get enough of it. And I thought that the first episode was very entertaining. Yeah. Do you watch like UK or do you just do US and and All-Stars? I dabble. I don't watch any of the other countries religiously, but I do dabble. Like I'll, like I just binged a bunch of seasons of UK and uh, like I'll watch them randomly. Not like when they're, that makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I actually have a really good feeling with season 16. I don't know. I feel like there's these waves of drag race that, you know, there's like eras, so to speak, of Drag Race. I feel like, you know, two to four was one, maybe five was its own era, six to eight, and then nine kind of reinvented it. I felt 12 reinvented it, and 13, 14, 15 hasn't really developed it much further. I, I, I really feel, just after one episode and the twist that they've brought in, I feel like 16 could be another, like, hallmark season just off one episode, which is really exciting. That's a really good way to put it is like the eras. Mm. What's your favorite era of Drag Race? Favorite era, I feel it would be six, seven, eight would be my favorite. Now, my, I think my favorite season is nine, but I think, it, I mean, ten's good, but eleven is a bit dodgy, I think as well. But uh, I think that like, it's in its swing, but it's still not totally corrupt by all the money. And like, we've got so much time to fill. Let's just save every second queen. I think there's still, like, a lot of, like, grittiness that's still there that's kind of missing sometimes now. Yeah, I miss the grittiness. I miss, like, people making their own clothes and, like, putting stuff together and not mm. coming just literally, like, a, a an entire wardrobe of, like, handmade, like, custom-built outfits. Like, I miss, like, the, the, the grittiness of the earlier seasons. I think that's, like, a four to six girl. Mm. I love four. I love five. I, lo- I feel like that was when it started to get its legs. Yeah. Like, it's, to like, really pick up and become, like, a phenomenon. I love four, five, and six. And we had such... We had an innocence back then that I feel is kind of corrupted by the budget of the show now, where yeah. it's, like, you see, you know, Alaska come out in a bin bag, and you're like, that's an amazing look. Or even, like, some of those All-Stars 2 looks, we were, like, work, mm-hmm. work, fashion, baby. And now you look at them now, and you're like, no, that's that you get eliminated for that. You know, some of them. Whereas now, like, the budget is so big, and we're so spoiled for what looks good that I kind of miss that innocence as well. Do you know what I mean? I 1,000%, and I feel like you can tell, like, it separates... The cream rises in those situations. Like, when you look at, like, Raja, for example, it's like, my God, like, her just putting those looks together with what she brought is so crazy versus now where like it would all be pre-planned and like designed and custom and you know it's like i don't know it just feels different and honestly uh, you know the drag in the all winner season was so good that like it's hard for the show to ever compete with that again like so amazing so amazing but look we've got 14 queens um who are going to keep us occupied for the next, I think, about 16 weeks. And um, so maybe they'll pull it out of the bag. I'm surprised that we only met seven of them this week. I obviously, I've been kind of avoiding information about it just over Christmas and stuff. So I don't know if they said that. I don't know what your impression was. I kind of thought we were going to do what we did last year, which was meet all 14 and do a 14 queen talent show. Yeah, I kind of like, I don't really love when they split it. I just, I'm like, uh... Like, that was a wild twist when they first did it. It was like, oh, my God, it's two first episodes. Like, that's so crazy. It Now it kind of feels like, all right, let's just, just give us the whole deck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Because they did it in six, then they did it again in 12. And then 13, they had the old pork chop lounge. 14, then everyone stayed. And then I like that they reverted back to 15 and someone went home in the first episode. But now, like, it kind of feels 
weird to kind of go back again. It's like they're constantly changing their mind. Um, but I think we got to know them well. Um, so we'll kind of we'll, let, let's go through the queens and we'll chat about their their intro, our vibe from them, and their talent show, kind of each of them, and then we can discuss the results at the end um, and the runway. Um, so Q is the first one in. She's from Kansas City, Missouri. She's twenty six. She's wearing kind of a green Y dress with kind of plumage around the sides. Uh, what are your impressions of Queen or of Q? I actually really like Q. I didn't know how I would feel about Q at the beginning, but as the episode went on, I was like, oh, I'm like a fan. I love a kooky, stupid, like knock knock joke queen. I really do, especially like a queen. My favorite thing about drag is when a queen looks incredibly good but also is like so stupid and funny yeah 100 percent. a mix of like seriousness and like stupid and i think she's like really great with that i i totally warmed her as well like i feel she came in she's confident she says that she's got the goods but i in unlike some of the other queens i feel like she is being entertaining without like purposely putting the other queens down which like has its place but like i think when that becomes your own niche stick it kind of gets a bit tiring i think like she was just quietly confident i think we're gonna get some amazing looks from her and honestly like the talent show has kind of been done so much it's hard to find new and fresh ways to keep us entertained that talent show was amazing oh my god i literally i was like keeled over i was laughing so hard i was belly laughing in my bed <laughs> that was the edible talking <laughs> <laughs> the show was uh, there was a black screen my computer was turned off yeah. um, no, no honestly I'm... it was great and I felt like the first time it was like five, well, 30 seconds I was like what is going on here what am I seeing but then it just made it all the better once I knew her hand were her feet and the facial expressions <laughs> I love an alternative kind of more cabaret feel to the talent show like I think of Manila's talent show in All Stars 5 with the paint or even like Mariah did a really good one or just any way to kind of keep us on our toes that it isn't just like a, a mega lip sync which some of them are good too um, so I thought this was amazing I agree I always prefer the sort of like weird avant-garde like sort of like kooky weird like v- like vaudeville performance versus like I'm a cunt I'm a cunt I'm a cunt bit slay cunt cunt it's like alright you know what I mean like, I get it <laughs> yeah okay next up within was a tsunami muse she is from new york daughter of candy muse originally from panama um do i I have a guess how old uh tsunami muse is um you know we age like wine um so i don't know i she could be like 20 or 60 (laughs) which is like you know what i mean i'm gonna be safe and guess like 40 okay interesting i thought she was young I know, I assume daughter Candy Muse. I thought she'd be like 24. She's 33. Okay, I guess too high. <laughs> Not 40. <laughs> she looks great though. <laughs> if she was 40. <laughs> I'm like, she's either 60 or 70. Okay, so you, you thought she was one of the older queens looking at her. She reads as older to me. She gives older not in a bad way but just like seasoned i guess okay i don't know if i got seasoned <laughs> i'm like trying to think nice way to say i think she looks old um okay well you you were obviously picking up on what i wasn't what, what, on something i wasn't um yeah i was surprised she was 33 she came in in this big blue sort of shoulder rough um dress and then her talent show was that kind of like trap hip-hop song which to be honest if I was listening to any of the songs that one would probably be the one I listened to but it kind of didn't really have a chorus it didn't really have a hook it, you know you know we're fickle sugary lovers of drag race we just want one catchphrase that we can latch onto, and she didn't really give us that yeah I agree it was like you have what like two minutes basically to like really make some sort of impact it just didn't give like even on like a normal performance night on a Saturday like at your local like gay bar I don't know what would be like living for that song or that performance it was a weird decision in my opinion for the first episode to like introduce yourself I kind of felt the lights were too bright in the background which I mean probably isn't her fault I mean I liked the kind of wine crushed velvet bodice she was going for 
But I think like if this had been an elimination episode, she would be lip syncing for her life. I agree. I think so too. A mandatory meeting um, is up next. She's 26. She is from, uh, I don't have it down. Uh, but anyway, she kind of, I feel she kind of looks a bit like Utica meets Sharon Needles. Uh, she wore this kind of like blue shiny blouse that was open. The The breastplate was out. And uh, I actually, sorry, I wrote that she looked Utica, but I actually think she looks more like, you know, Mamie Gummer, Meryl Streep's mm. daughter. I really yeah, got yeah. that offer in drag. Um, she seemed to really irk the other queens in the workroom, but I'm getting fan favorite off her. Okay, she gives me, not that I think that they're like similar, but her vibe is very Laganja to me. Okay, yes. I see if that. that makes sense. <laughs> I see that. Where it's like, to know her is to love her, and like, to get to know her is to fall in love with her. But like, at the beginning, you could be maybe a little bit off put by her. Mm. But I, she was great. Like, I just thought her energy was great. I thought she was funny. Um, I liked her. I just got like a warm, nice vibe from her. Yeah, I mean, I see what you mean. As in like, I think some of the kookiness is put on rather yeah. than natural. Um, yes. But other than that, like, I feel like that lip sync performance that she did with the kitty... <laughs> <laughs> she called herself the CEO of sex. Have you seen my kitty? It was wild. It was erratic. He kind of didn't know what was going to come next. I think she probably need, She probably could have... It kind of looked like she had performed it after having loads of sugar. I think she could have like, had a more purposeful performance and movements. But very fun. Fun. That's the, um, the best way to put it. It's like, definitely would not... I, I couldn't imagine this would like send her home in any way. It, it wasn't good enough to like be something that you'll remember. It was just fun. Mm. Do you, you know? think she will have a kind of like Aiden Zane style narrative of all the queens saying your drag shit, your drag shit, and they won't get her? A Jinx Monsoon kind of thing as well. <laughs> I could see that because it's very it's unpolished in a way that's like ugh, like I'm not even a dry queen and I would think to fix that like I would never wear a breastplate and let that <laughs> that big thick neck part like just be roll rolling and like crunching up around my neck if mm. I was going on tag race yeah. it's like what year 2014 yeah we all know how to a breastplate at this point yeah even I know you wear a choker with that <laughs> you have to come on uh yeah so i guess we'll see well but i mean i think like i guess we'll get to a runway later on but i like i think the devil of drag she has is is like good on but it's clearly on a budget i kind of get like heidi and closet from it kind of way like you can kind of tell she had a lower budget than the rest of them but for sure i think she has her own sort of personality that she can push on through with it um morphine love dion is 25 from miami i kind of felt out of drag she was kind of giving like a latina rock m sakura which mm. is cute uh she has the mug beat she has the bbl she came in wearing this sort of frilly pink and red kind of y2k um dress uh on her, in the meet the queens she said quote i do youtube which is basically like acting okay okay <laughs> let's see how um villain of the season question mark i could see like a gia gun edit you know i mean you nobody can be more of an asshole than gia gun but i could see like them leaning towards like that edit um what you wanna do is not what you're gonna do etc <laughs> Do you believe in milking cookies? I can totally see it. <laughs> Room um, for everyone. <laughs> so good. But no, Morphine was Morphine was good. I actually liked Morphine um better throughout the episode than I thought I would. At the beginning, I wasn't feeling her at all. But then when she did her um her talent, I was like, that was good. I'm still not like in love though. So she did a lip sync performance, kind of. Did she lip sync to it? She she danced to Rosalia's Apale, which I love Rosalia. I'm glad she got some time on mainstream American Drag Race. I like Apale as a song, not one of my favorites. I kind of felt she kind of didn't give it anything. I think it was a, it was a touch of Go Girl, give us nothing off it. 
Yeah, like I, I will not remember it. Beyond today, I'll never think of it again. <laughs> we'll talk about it every episode. <laughs> it's the only only content we discuss. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any new thoughts on uh, on Morphine's lip sync in week seven? Um, like I'm thinking how she spun her braid around. Yes. Now she did the splits at the end, which was impressive, but we'd just seen her do the splits in the mini challenge, which we haven't discussed yet, which was bonkers. It's like okay, it was it was a fashion shoot via a doorbell, was it like a low-key sponsored thing? And then Love Connie was there because I don't know, does she has she discovered something on Rue that like Rue doesn't want out there and has to like employ her every season to do something stupid like I don't know what Love Connie brought to that whole mini challenge I don't know really know what we learned from the mini challenge um from it but like yeah it was it was there for seven minutes it was not great it was not a great mini challenge it did like you said it didn't really make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. and like even the funniest queens like even the queens who like truly can make anything entertaining were like struggling with it like it was like not it just didn't read like it didn't make sense and then seeing the queens walk up and genuinely be confused because it was so stupid i was like, uh, this this is not well thought out what was the line that dawn said i wrote it down somewhere but it was basically rue asked her was she vegan and dawn said uh oh well i think animals should be able to vote and rue was like who would they vote for and she was like not you that was not really- you. <laughs> that was maybe the best thing that came out of it also like rue introduced it by saying uh stomp like a butterfly and set your pussy on fire which (laughs) is such a bot float like a butterfly sing like a bee should be like stomp like a butterfly act like a queen bee or something like that but just like he started (laughs) with an analogy or a pun and then just gave up halfway through any opportunity for rue to tell you what to do with your pussy she's not going to ignore it or let it pass it's going to be taken have you seen the name of their new song (laughs) no it's called hustle that cat (laughs) oh my god i love it it's it's like i've used pussy so many more times i just need to go back to cat again we've gone from cat to kitty to pussy and we're back to cat Eventually, we'll get to vagina. (laughs) We'll just call it vulva all the way. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I think morphine kind of, or not more, yeah, morphine kind of undercut, I think, her ability to, you know, show off the splits because we had just seen her like split on that like porch in the mini challenge, which I kind of felt like was probably an oversight in her part. Um, But I think she'll go far. I think she might be a bit of a villain. And she is not afraid to read a bitch, which is always good. Yeah. And she's cute. She is cute. She's cute as well. And uh, yeah, she's from um, Miami as well, which um, is actually the only place I've gone to see drag in the US. Um, I never went to actually when I was in, dra- in New York, which is to shame. But yeah, I went to like Palace Bar in Miami, which I think is one of her homes, uh, which is uh, it was really, really good. Safira Cristal. Uh, do, do you want to? How old do you think Safira Cristal is? <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> um, now she, I would actually guess, was like legitimately forty. That's what really? I thought too. She's thirty-four. Okay. All right. The okay. All right. <laughs> but, big, but big mother energy. I felt off her. Like I felt like she, like she. She said she's been doing drag for sixteen years. This is her eleventh time auditioning, which I find wild. Like already, I feel she's better than like five queens in the last few seasons. Like why did Orion's story get hired? You know, get chosen over her. Like she's obviously so talented, incredibly talented. She gives seasoned like. There are some queens that you just feel like like mothered by mm-hmm. and she has the vibe where you're like she's been doing this for a long time she knows what she's doing she probably has like 40 daughters like she just gives that like unless <clears throat> this is big conspiracy energy now but like unless they were like oh we don't want her going up against like a Sasha Colby because you know she would mm. be too much competition I don't know like I already feel top four energy offers straight away. Like incredibly seasoned, incredibly talented. That opera singing, amazing. The splits, the comedy. Like that is 
That is 15 years of drag right there. Yeah, she get, she's the kind of queen that I feel like comes on this show and like maybe doesn't like knows that she's incredible, but maybe doesn't even know like the level of talent that she actually has. Like, I think that she's going to be a big presence on the show. Yeah. Monet exchanged fan rushing in terms of her, <laughs> her performance. I know. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to listen to Monet talk about this. Yeah. What? Like, that's so, it's such a specific, unique thing in drag to have like the ability to sing opera and like what are the odds you know Mm -hmm. yeah opera daddy jokes uh (laughs) like splits everything you need a good gown like literally everything we need do you know what slew foot means (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's like an old southern term for when your feet are like totally turned out like one's going left one's going right and they are going in different directions she's very very sleuth footed it's like an old black person term like my grandmother says that okay well i'm glad i had an american on to translate that for me (laughs) (laughs) i mean that that used to be me until i got my like my inserts into my shoes i used to always walk with like my feet attended to (laughs) <laughs> oh, Rue would have called you. Yeah, Rue would have called me and I'll sleep foot. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know how sleep footed I was. Um, okay, let's move on to Mirage, who is 26 from New York. Uh, uh, sorry, so from Las Vegas, sorry. Um, in her Meet the Queens as well, she used the word fishy a lot, which we, I kind of thought like ever since Victoria Scone had been on the show, kind of like, discuss kind of the kind of problematic origin of that word so i'm surprised that they left it in for the promo um she says she her drag is like a stripper who shops at claire's which i think i think tracks (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) did she leave much of an impression on you i was thinking in my head that i could see her being the lip sync assassin of the season okay yeah okay i see that i could see her being in the bottom a lot lovingly and um also having to lip sync but nobody wanted to lip sync against her because she's insane like i thought she was very very funny and like i enjoyed her on the show i just don't think i don't know it i think it'll either go one of two ways she'll do unexpectedly so good and everybody will be like where did she come from she's incredible or she'll be at the bottom a lot yeah she's she's kind of although like i think when you see her chat like she seems really personable and funny she's kind of not commanding the space as much i don't think she's as much of a presence she's kind of more quiet kind of like yeah. anitra last year so i think like mm-hmm. could be a fan favorite by the end or could be an early chop it's really hard to tell like her lip sync was very you know her lip sync performance in the town show was good with the heel clicking it was nice to hear the origin of rupaul's click clack song that it was based on this performer that they went to see um but i think michelle was right when she kind of critiqued it which was like it felt very spontaneous which i don't think is a bad thing but i think like kind of like amanda a more purposeful choice of movements i think would have had a better impact yeah i agree like it's it's giving very like walk that fucking duck like it's unexpectedly very kind and like fun but how like I just for whatever reason I see her being in the bottom a lot like I see us watching her clank those damn heels a lot (laughs) I just see it it'll be if if you get to watch this show in the evening time it's like two three in the morning when I watch so I watch it Saturday morning um but if I was out in the bar it'll be drink whenever she clicks her heels or down your drink (laughs) (laughs) which would be like every couple seconds and I'm into it I love I love watching I love watching stripper heels slam together and she'd have the pleasers on and everything so if you're going to click your heels you click them on pleasers for sure um finally Dawn uh is the seventh queen to walk in in this episode she is from New York but originally from Raleigh North Carolina she's the ethereal elf goddess of Brooklyn she is 24 and every morning she eats a pickle the pickle girls are wild that's a whole nother podcast I I like a pickle but are you no are you like obsessed with pickles? I, I think you can make a sandwich go from an eight to a nine that's true <laughs> You know what I mean, though, by the people who, like, oh, some people, like, make pickles their full identity, which is wild. 
I just, I don't know how nutritious of a breakfast it is. It's just one pickle. And it's also like, isn't that brine having, like, doesn't that hurt your mouth? To mm. just well, people like, drink that. I know. I feel like my lips would be like my hands when I get out of the bath. Like, they would just shrivel. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get it. The pickle girls are out of control. Um, but I, I really, 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 really like Dawn a lot. My favorite so far. Um, yeah, really likable. I'm... I didn't hear anywhere in the Meet the Queens or see it online that she is in any way related to Crystal Method, but visually, like that link is there. It, the I, the makeup is very, uh, you know, maybe she's been in that makeup before Crystal Method went on Drag Race. I don't know, but like the inspiration is clear. I think between her and Crystal, I totally agree with that. I also see a lot of um, Willow Pill. Mm. Yes. I get a big, like, as far as, like, her express, like, her artistic expression and, like, I feel like we're going to get a lot of really weird, like, irreverent, just kind of kooky, off-the-wall moments from her that are going to be, like, really memorable and fun. And also, like, I'm hoping that we'll get, like, a touch of Dragula on the on the runway in these, like, elven forms. Lots of pointy ears. I want I want weapons. If she doesn't come out with a bow and arrow one week <laughs> and give us Katniss Everdeen, I'll be disappointed. I would love that. And I can totally see that from her. I just think she's so... And she's great TV. She's a great... She does a great talking head. She's funny. Like, I think she does a great job narrating what's going on. Like, I, I just think she's a future like real big talent from this show yeah uh the talent show she starts off like sort of explodes onto the screen and ends up on the ground gets dragged up and then does this song about clashing patterns basically (laughs) but it's kooky (laughs) and it's fun and it works and i didn't like i had to scribble notes down at the end because it actually captured my attention for the whole thing because i wanted to kind of stay on top of everything she was saying the Mac, the uh, like you said, the mixing of patterns is like the theme of the the song, and it was so fun, like waiting to see what she would rip off next and like how the reveal would be. And I loved like the arm gag, where who like pulled her arms and they were really long. Like it was just so creative for what like two a two minute performance. It was so creative, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. So I think big things for Dawn uh, this yeah. season for sure. Okay, let's discuss. Um, they're in the so they do their the mini challenge. We've discussed that. Fine. Then they're getting ready for their their spring break talent show, which I, I which we didn't really discuss. What I mean, we don't do spring break here. At least we don't call it that. What about that made it spring break? Was it Derek Barry hosting it? <laughs> the thing that made it spring break. It was supposed to be a nod to MTV's spring break. Okay the 90s and early 2000s and britney would have been probably hosting it okay so that gag it would have been britney hosting it with like you know sarah michelle geller or something or ashley simpson Mm. at the mtv clubhouse so that was like the vibe okay gotcha okay so they're getting ready for the mtv spring break talent show i mean and now that the show is on mtv it's nice that we can kind of work with a poo with a pool of that and actually be really fun to say see some maybe like hallmark mtv shows get kind of parodied like if they did like a newlyweds like acting challenge how fun would that be i was you know i was thinking about that for this challenge i was like i thought it was surprising that they didn't they couldn't get more people to like it's like you just got Derek barry like that could have been a a whole hilarious thing to have like all the old mtv hosts Mm. come back you know what are they doing (laughs) Literally, where are they? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been fun. Or even like interviewed the queens after, get them to do this like improvised. I don't know, maybe they didn't have yeah. time, but that could have been fun. Uh, anyway, so when they're preparing for that, Charlie's Theron comes into the workroom. Now, I must say, have you seen the video of um, Bob the drag queen identifying white women? Yeah. <laughs> I felt a bit like that because I forgot she was a judge and went, or the like, guest judge. And when she walked in, I was like, who is that? It's not Heidi Klum. It's not Catherine Diaz. It's not Nicole Kidman. It's the other blonde lady. And then she introduced herself and I was like, okay, gotcha. 
it just felt so random. Mm. And she like brought cake. <laughs> yeah, she brought little cakes from South Africa, which we love. Um, it was just so the last person that I would expect to open up the season being Charlize Theron. I mean, she's a big guest, to be fair. For you, massive mm. Oscar winner. Oscar mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oscar winner, Oscar nominee. <laughs> but I was curious to know how many of them I mean, I struggled I, I didn't recognize it straight away. Maybe, uh, did they? But then I guess she did introduce herself. So then they they probably just like, oh my god, it's a famous lady, and then she introduced herself. She seemed really cool though. I, I don't think I've ever seen her express so much personality before because I kind of feel she's kind of more stoic when she's kind of being yeah. interviewed. But she felt really cool. I, I did think it was funny that she did feel the need to introduce herself. Like she was having the same thought that you had. Mm. She was, you know what I mean? Her being like, it's me. Charlie's the air actress, Charlie Sarah. <laughs> I won an Oscar for Monster in the early 2000s. <laughs> right. And I thought it was funny that somebody was like, because it's always funny to know what people know one from. Mm. And I don't know it was that was like oh my god it's eon flux i was like that's like how you know charlie's there on i don't know well i think rue only knows her from snow white and the huntsman that was the only reference oh my god i know i know um so in your other in your other life of blind items do you have any do you have any tea on charlie's is she is she she one of the good ones would you say I've always only just read in blind items that Charlize is like very, very, very kooky. She's a kooky lady. Like she's weird and um, she invites, allegedly, she invites people to her house and like doesn't let them leave. Like, (laughs) your face. (laughs) Like I've read things about people being like, yeah, she invited me to her home, but then didn't want me to leave. And it was like very, very uncomfortable. And she's like, and it's like a known thing. Okay. Yeah. But is it like a, you know, let me look after you. Come on, have another dinner. Or is it like, please don't leave me tears kind of thing. Please don't leave me tears. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Allegedly Mm -hmm. some attachment issues possibly. Yeah. Celebrities are just like us. Well, maybe that is why she had to get two of the pit crew to escort her out of the workroom over to the main stage to judge the talent show and the runway. Um, So the runway category is Reveal Yourself. And we're going to get into the runway after this. Reveal Yourself was the category on the runway. I... I love a reveal as much as the next Drag Race fan. Um, but I kind of feel the excitement of a reveal is undercut by the fact that the category is reveal yourself. Because you're as soon as they walk out, you're like, okay, fine, but what's next? And I kind of feel that's unfair on the queens. And I kind of feel it doesn't end up leading to a great runway overall. Could not agree with you more. I also feel like... It's, I'm not saying that I, like, I'm not a drag queen, so I can't say that I do a better job of anybody on this show. But it's like, if the theme is reveal, right? Why then would you just wear a big giant cloak and open it? Like, why not try and find some creative way to reveal what you're wearing underneath rather than just wearing a big tarp? Yeah. Taking a jacket off is not a reveal. That's not a reveal. That's I going mean, from outside to inside. Yeah, we all do that every day. I do that literally every single day. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I, that bothers me. I just feel like if you are if you know that the topic, if that's the, the, the category, do something weird as fuck. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. For sure. 100%. Okay, let's go through them. We'll go through them in order that I have them written down, which is the order that they, end, they walked into the workroom, which is kind of different to how they showed up on the runway. Um... So Q is, well, is the first one we're going to talk about. She wore this big, huge black sequined dress with plumage around from the top, these six sort of distinct big black feathers. And the reveal was kind of into this butterfly kind of caftan thing, which um, was kind of like an emperor, like butterfly, but maybe with different kind of different colours. It's not really a reveal. You know, the garment was gorgeous. It's so impressive that she made that herself. 
it was giving you know Snow White and the Huntsman, Snow White and the Huntsman, but. <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't really a reveal, I don't think. It, okay, so yeah, it was not a reveal, but here's what I will say. I'm going to play okay. devil's advocate. Okay. What I will say is that if you are going to just wear a big cloak, it better be like that. It better be stunning and hand-sequenced and giant, and it had like those pillars coming off of her shoulders. Like It was so ornate and so over-the-top, and then when she opened it, it was just like this, like, coat of many colors kind of situation it was it was really stunning for it to be just like a big tarp it was like if you're gonna wear a tarp it better be like that it better be just a completely over the top like that it did look amazing and i'm not re- like she i would say she loses maybe a few points for the fact it wasn't really revealed but i mean it's it's more of a reveal than taking off a coat um so yeah i thought it, she looked amazing and rupaul really knows <laughs> Like, he knows how to get an emotional moment out of somebody. And he knows how when to shut it down. I don't think he was living for, you know, Q gets the moment of Charlie's there and going, and who made this? Or maybe Rue asked her and she said, oh, I did. And they're like, oh my God, amazing. What? You're such a talent, blah, blah, blah. And Q was like, thank you so much. People don't understand how many nights I stay up on my craft. And then RuPaul just goes, <laughs> Snow White and the craftsmanship. And then moves on. <laughs> She's like, I'm awake sometimes until two, three, four in the morning. Sometimes I don't sleep at all. And Rue just like giggles. <laughs> Here's a shit punt. Move on. You will not be vulnerable unless I ask you to be vulnerable. Right. You keep that boxed up until I ask you in the workroom. We don't need that scene. Right? <laughs> we are doing puns, stupid girl. Right. <laughs> oh, God. That man. Okay. Uh, but yeah, big, big toot from both of us for Q. Who are you saying? Yes, for sure. Tsunami Muse wore this kind of red shiny coat, which revealed into this kind of like, I don't think it was satin, but it kind of looked kind of Saturn, or satin uh, dress um, that also had sort of like feathers around the edge. And this kind of like red leatherette bodice was the third reveal um, that had like a kind of nude illusion for her skin tone kind of up to the neck. This kind of went from like a small silhouette to an even smaller silhouette. And I don't think any of the garments were striking enough. Um, but I don't think they they like heightened each other to make it all wow. It was all kind of cool. Say that's I completely agree. It was like, all right. Okay, <laughs> ready for the next one. Like it, it just I was like, this isn't going to stick with me. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, I'm, that's nice too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's also kind of nice. But no, yeah, no, no wow factor there at all. Um, a mandatory meeting gave us this kind of voodoo doll. Oh, first of all, there, so, first of all, there was the 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 sort of accident when she the when the wig falls off, um, but then she turns around and she's kind of wearing this kind of mask of this kind of weird voodoo doll character then she does a face reveal into these like purple face and this alien sort of style tentacly purple dress um thoughts on this i I thought it was really funny when the wig came off and she was like don't air that actually air it i don't care (laughs) that made me laugh really hard yeah um the makeup was a mess i completely agreed with michelle that the the makeup was like this muddy swampy looking mess like it was just especially when they zoomed in on it it was like really giving you know those like halloween palettes where it's like just a big giant white palette of like green paint with like a little like cotton nub that you're supposed to put it on that's what she did her makeup with like it was it was uh, and the wig was small and flat and it looked like a halloween wig it was that was a problem for me yeah the the wig made her sort of like creepy like a pickup truck driving guy in a way <laughs> yeah like, the hair, i don't know it was it wasn't drag hair it was weird like yeah alien sort of pickup guy hair um yeah i mean i totally agree with the makeup as well and i think john says it earlier on which is like Amanda has these really nice cheekbones out of drag that do not translate in drag. So obviously makeup yep. is a journey she's going to go on throughout the season. And I look forward to her finessing it because 
I think it does need work. And it was okay from a distance, but then when Michelle says you zoom up on the face and like the eyebrows are too high and kind of too close together and like all the sort of mats of the face is off. Yeah, it was like the only way I can describe it is muddy. It was just like you have to squint to kind of figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Morphine Love Dion then uh, came out in a white uh, sort of towel dress and a turban, which both revealed into this blue floral swimsuit and blonde wig. Nice. Yeah. It was, again, (laughs) fine. It was like... I wasn't like gagged over it really at all. And I think sometimes when you talk the talk, you need to deliver with the guts. Like I think the expectations for morphine are higher than maybe a tsunami because she's been there reading the other girls all episode. And she kind of came out with that. And I was, I I was kind of like, is that it? It's also a real bold statement in drag race terms to announce yourself as the body of the season. It's like, okay. Okay, girl, that's a lot, you know. Do you think she Do you think she thinks a BBL is natural? Or is that a joke? <laughs> I think she thinks that she'll get more attention from like being weird and coy about her BBL. But it's like we've been down this road before. There are women that have appeared like like we've watched Detox for several years. That little tiny injection of fat in your butt is not enough to like be your whole identity on this show it's just i mean like we're we we just watched trinity the tuck like for years on this show girl come on yeah (laughs) (laughs) i do i'm trying to find my notes i did write it down she says it's natural because they took my fat from my stomach and put it into my ass and rupaul said yeah it's like a witness protection program (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I thought was good. He was on fire there. Um, For sure. But yeah, I couldn't. She was like, it's natural. It's a BBL. <laughs> so I was like, so it's not natural. And I could right. not tell <laughs> genuinely if she knew that was not natural or not. I couldn't tell. She said it with a lot of conviction. And I mean, it's a nice bum, but it, yeah, it's not a change to talk. No, exactly. You can't call yourself the body of the season. Like the BBL has arrived. Girl. That little tiny BB, and it's also like the most modest BBL in the history of Drag Race. Even Carrie Colby has got a BBL and looks amazing. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, oh my god, Safira has a bigger ass than I do, and I got a BBL. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a tiny. Yeah. It's, it's nice. very modest. It's it's modest BBL. Um, yeah. Thought that was funny. Okay, uh, next up, we're going to discuss Sephira. I kind of felt the first, the, the, the sapphire gown was kind of giving me like a kind of gospel choir gown. And I wonder, was it a nod to that? Then I revealed into this like purple cape, which was kind of giving me graduation. And then it finally into that like a purple, pink and white old Hollywood play suit, which we've kind of already discussed as being kind of underwhelming. It's weird when you when their entrance look is better than the runway looks because normally people kind of throw away an entrance look because uh, it's not being judged. Um, but her entrance look was amazing with this kind of like blue plumage kind of across her chest. Um, so maybe this is just a bad week. Maybe there's some really good runways in store for Safira, but a, a sort of slow start on the runway front. Yeah, honestly, I really hated this. I really hated how like not tailored it was i hated one of my biggest pet peeves is like in drag when you wear a uh any kind of like bodysuit bathing suit whatever and the crotch doesn't fit i hate crotch and her crotch was so saggy that you could literally see through it like i could see it the, the other side like it was like really it was a lot i just really i didn't expect to not like it so much i was like oh it's like you said, especially in comparison to like the blue, the feathers look was so just like over the top and opulent and so like Rihanna. And then there was this. Do you think we're going to get Sapphire in every look? She Are we going to get a Tina Burner style color palette from Sephira that we're going to get sick of? <laughs> I could see that. I didn't even think about it. But yeah, you're right. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Sapphire is a great look like even her, her hat and her talking heads a sapphire their entrance look was a kind of sapphire but this was a sapphire nice but honestly if we get to a Tina Burner red and yellow situation oh god Tina Burner those looks I can't even think about I'm it I'm out of here I'm out of here uh, 
Mirage is up next. She wore blue and orange plumage feathers in the style of a Vegas showgirl. And the reveal was just taking her tits out. Yeah. (laughs) Which, again, is another drag race trope that I'm like, this isn't funny. Like, the last person... Who was the last person that did it? Um... There was a lot of it in All Stars 8. There, you know, Michelle, uh, Jessica Wilde did it. Jimbo did it a lot. Like, but Jim, yeah. Jimbo's made it their whole shtick and makes the boob, makes the joke bigger and bigger to the point that, like, I think we've done every iteration of the boob joke at this point. Yeah, I don't think you can do it post-Jimbo and have it be shocking or funny or anything. It was just like, all right, like, we've seen this now a million times. We've seen... Go- triple boobies we've seen mono boobies we've seen it and was it her one of them maybe it was dawn where they called like like a playmobile boobs <laughs> it was like babies yes. versus breastplate <laughs> babies versus breastplate yeah yeah because uh, they were like tiny and too close together yeah this didn't feel like a reveal to me personally so i was a bit disappointed and i didn't love the blue and orange feathery thing either you know, I will say I didn't hate the the feathery thing. I kind of like I'm a bit tacky myself. <laughs> so I like a little bit of plumage, you know what I mean? A little feather moment is like not the worst for me. Um, but it yeah, it wasn't like so over the top that it, it just didn't stand out, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um I didn't I, I didn't hate it either. Like I thought it looked perfectly fine, but I won't remember it. Right. Finally, Dawn came out in this sort of Yeti costume with sort of red glitter blood dripping out of the mouth. Then um, it kind of revealed into this long-armed, purple-wigged, like white, furry troll um, that Carson Cressley said gave him big Lucille Ball energy. I loved it. I really did. I thought it was funny. It was creative. Um, I'm just obsessed with her. She's my absolute standout at the moment. And I love how much thought went into it. Like you could tell that there was a lot of thought that went into the look. It was like very creative. For sure. I think what was also good, like we kind of discussed at this at the top of this segment that like when it's revealed, we know we're going to get something else. So we kind of brush over the first one. And I thought it was very clever for her not to show her face in the first look because... Mm that's still a whole part of the play and she kind of turned around she revealed so you're kind of like you just see this monster but you know there's something else coming so there was a lot more at play to be revealed with the final look which i think made us more interested a true like if the theme is reveal this is the vibe you know yeah like go for it yeah go for it be what's that you like you better not be a cunt yeti when I get back. <laughs> it's like, Dawn. Yeah. Very that. It's like, you're on drag race. Yeah. Like, let's not make your reveal a coat. Come on. Please. Please. Okay, so let's talk about the twists this season. Because after the runway, they got their critiques. And then the queens had to go back and rate each other in this rate a queen twist. Do you watch The Circle? Um, I have, but I don't religiously. Okay. Uh, I really love The Circle. Like In terms of new age reality shows, I think it's kind of something that's... Maybe not anymore, but I think at the start, like I had the, cha- had the opportunity to be what Big Brother was at the time when it came out for the social media age. Um, so this triangle Rage of Queen thing was basically a rip-off of The Circle and even like how the names were displayed on the side and obviously it was a triangle rather than a circle. Um... I wrote down kind of what the queens were ranking each other. We didn't get every position from every queen, but the kind of gist of it was that Q and Safira and Dawn were kind of in the top and Amanda and Tsunami were kind of in the bottom. And then you had like the other two kind of somewhere in the middle based on all the other rankings. Um, <clears throat> do you do you think this is going to stick around? I don't know if they were clear on that. Would you like it to stick around? And how do you think it impacted this episode? Um, do I think it'll stick around? I I honestly kind of do. I feel like it it will be there for like the long haul. I personally don't like when the queens are responsible for each, judging each other. I just like, I loved it the first few times that we saw it on All Stars. And it was like, so just like, oh my God, so crazy that this is happening. 
but now I just don't, I don't know. Like, I don't really, I don't really like it. I don't really like them being responsible for each other. I just mm-hmm. think it's, I think it's irresponsible for the show. Like we've seen it backfire so many times. Yeah. Shangela. And like, you know what I mean? And it's like ruined seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, I don't want to watch them like judge each other. Yeah, I mean, obviously they do it in like the lipstick lipstick reveal and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know if it's going to stick around. Part of me thinks it could add an interesting dynamic off the runway, like the allegiances within Queens. I'm thinking of the, like the alliance with like the platinum plunger and not give each other, which could be interesting. Ultimately, I don't think. In this episode, the outcome was any different to what the judges would have said. Like, I feel Q and Safira were clearly the two best in the talent show. Um, I think it's kind of a bit of a cop-out to get them to do it and then only do a top two. Like, I really feel the producers were too afraid to actually let the queens decide who might go home. Um, So if they do carry it on... I would like to see the the producers actually surrender control and actually leave it up to the queens to see what will happen. Um, but I don't think they will. <laughs> that won't happen. I wish. That would make it really interesting. But I agree with you. It's like the outcome was the same either way. I am okay with it if they... What I don't like is when queens like send each other home because they're just like threatened. That doesn't make for good TV. Like I understand like the rationality behind it, but it's like... We're also watching a television show. You know what I mean? So I, I, if they're going to be like legitimately fair with it, like they were this week all the time, I'm like cool with it. But I don't want to see people in the bottom that are just like threatening everybody and they leave because everybody is like afraid of them. Mm, like a Manila, you know, a Manila situation is good TV for that one episode, but actually right. the remaining episodes are damaged because of it. Exactly. And people don't forget. No. (laughs) And Manila went off to the Philippines and did her own show afterwards. She was like, I've had it with this show. Right. (laughs) Um, But to to your point, like, I I think they were fair with the top two. They kept putting Amanda in the bottom, and I really don't think Amanda deserved to be in the bottom. Two of the queens put Amanda in, like, seventh place. Um, It was uh, Tsunami and Morphine put Amanda last. And, like, I would have put Amanda over Morphine. So I think, like, you would see some personal biases come into play there that you... Which could be interesting. Yeah, because they definitely were just like, we don't like your drag. <laughs> we think that you're messy and we don't like your drag. <laughs> they were putting That's it about. in the bottom. Yeah. And, yeah. So I think that could play as an interesting, like, tension between the fans who might love Amanda and the queens on there who keep putting her in the bottom. And Yeah, that could be an interesting dynamic, but I don't know if we'll ever see it. The other twist is that the winner of the challenge gets immunity for future elimination. So it's unclear how that's going to play. So it's not just immunity for the following week, which I thought was also what they were bringing back. So does this mean if you lose a lip sync, you can pull out your immunity and not go home? But send the other queen go home who wins the lip sync? Or does it stop you being in the lip sync? Oh, I didn't think about that. Would you just not lip sync at all? Maybe you just wouldn't lip sync at all. Mm. And like the next worst person would then do it. Yeah. But what happens if like the two people in the bottom both have their immunity and then like two people who are safe have to come in and lip sync? That sounds carnage. I I didn't think about the fact that it wouldn't just be like for the following week. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Oh, that's so funny. May I, I'm going to guess that it would have to be, yeah, you would just be pulled out of lip syncing. Like you just wouldn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that makes sense because it will feel so wrong if like you lip sync, you do an amazing performance and then the other queen just pulls out her immunity. Um, unless it forces a double chante, which in that case... There's going to be a fucking lot of double Shantae's this season. (laughs) And people would be so mad. Like if like, say it was a lip sync where somebody just destroyed it and then they just go home because the person kept their, yeah, you know, that would be so disappointing. I'm thinking like Denali versus Kimora Hall and then Kimora Hall goes, lol, had immunity. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because there's not that many... So, they, they, they like they said in the episode, they kind of stopped immunity after season five. Since season five, there's only been th- six queens who have won and then went on the next episode. So, it doesn't happen that often and it does happen kind of towards the end of the season anyway. Um, so, like... Immunity was never really that beneficial, um, really. But this could be. Because if you win early, like someone like Aura Maiori last season won and then went home the next episode. So that could like save her that situation. Yeah, I feel like for old school drag race, the lip sync thing was more so just an extension of it being like a parody of other shows. Cause like at the time, like every competition reality show had immunity. Project Runway had it and Next Top Model, like that like the normal you know so yeah i don't know i i kind of when i when he first said it i was like oh that's kind of cool like i kind of like that them bringing that back however they're gonna do it yeah well no i i i, I was kind of met at the start because by the way if people are listening the six queens are laganja katya Derek barry miss cracker nina west and Nora Maiori. um but the when I heard, when I thought it was that, I was like, we've done that before. That's kind of boring. But the fact that they can use it in the future at an undisclosed time is interesting. And I'm excited to see how that will unfold. Right. So speaking of lip sync, the top two queens this week are Q and Safira. Any any issues on that? Um, The lip sync was fine. I thought it was a great like first episode lip sync. Um, I thought they both did a decent job, but it was like pretty obvious. I thought that... Uh, um, oh my god, no, I can't Safira? Safira? Yeah, Safira has she killed it. Like, absolutely killed it. You always know that a queen is going to kill it when they start a really high octane song like that, like chill. Like, it was all about the lyrics for the first couple seconds. Like, she just wanted you to know, like, she commanded the the presence of the room, and like, that was really cool. She yeah, killed it. She did. There's a part of me that, like, I like Break My Soul, but there's a part of me of Choosing that song from Renaissance as a lip sync song is like choosing Boom Clap from Charlie XCX. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so true. It is true. I was just like, okay, I don't think it's a great lip sync song. No. Give us Heated. Imagine the end of Heated and the lip sync would oh. be so good. Yeah, you're told. It's so true. Yeah, it didn't. That's so funny. The Boom Clap comparison is hysterical as a charlie xcx fan that is very funny yeah 100 percent um yeah i know that was disappointing and i think i mean that, i think i've said it before but like again in those early days of drag races maybe it was budget whatever reason you got like the niche from the catalog which was always mm-hmm. great like that's what the one that the gays attach themselves to they want they want you to know that the best song by an artist is like this album track from their third album that no one listened to yeah <laughs> and that their art pop could mean anything yes, yes exactly no one's going for bat no one's going to bat for break my soul i like it i wouldn't turn it off but like it would be eighth of eighth in line of renaissance for me to choose as a lip sync song it's true and it's it's very like it's like if if the lips if it was a britney lip sync it'd be like them lip syncing to like oops it's like or like baby one more time yeah next week we are getting hershey liqueur jeté the sister of cornbread we are getting plasma who's a new york theater kid who's giving sherry pie hopefully without the poor internet etiquette we're getting <laughs> geneva car who's arena mexicana who's won every pageant she's ever competed in we're getting plain jane who is Russian clown cooker from Boston, Alakatia, but is actually Russian. We are getting Megami, who's this geek chic goddess of New York and the Barbie of Staten Island, who's giving like Demi Lovato, I feel. Mia, a man, LePage, who's the queen of flips, who's also from Florida. And we're getting Nymphia Wind, who's the first Taiwanese queen in the competition. Um, and she you've probably seen her look in the promos. She's wearing like a really high beehive and has like layered white just like yellow sunglasses up it looks really interesting and fun and kooky um so i'm excited to see what we see from her so yeah i guess it's the same thing next week talent show some awkward awkward photo challenge and uh becky g is going to surprise them in the work way which is a bit of a step down from charlie's heron to be fair for, for sure <laughs> who's your who are you most excited to see who are you looking forward to seeing the most 
from the second bunch, I think it's Nymphia Wind. I, I, I really like the sound of her Sheila Kirjate in the Meet the Queens. She said that her drag is inspired by a 40-year-old black gold tooth bus driver with a bowl cut, which I thought is... <laughs> which I'm excited to see. And she has two kids and a partner and was talking all about like how drag is basically is like her nine to five kind of career and how she wants it, you know, how she's kind of approaching it from that point of view, which could be interesting. And obviously Cornbread was such a talented performer and, you know, we didn't get to see the full run from them. So I'm hoping Hershey can make up for that. I'm really excited for uh, Nymphia. Yeah, I think she'll be good. A lot. Yeah, me too. Gives me, um, I'm a really big Juno Birch mm. fan. Love Juno. And I feel like they have a similar yeah. kind of. It's the pastel colors from what we've seen so far. Do you know what? Yeah, I, that's, yeah. A re- that's a really good show. Um, okay, cool. Well, look, we've got a whole season ahead of us. It looks like it's going to be a good one. Um, Troy, thank you so much for joining us for this first episode. And yeah, look, happy to have you along. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I'm excited for what's to come. 100%. Uh, Okay, cool. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Next week, I will be... uh, Well, Troy won't be with us. I will be in DragCon. So I'll be giving you a podcast from there. I'm going to see who I can gather to chat at some sort of round table at some point uh, so we'll discuss in the episode from there and then Troy will be back in two weeks time in the meantime go over check out Troy at Troy McGeady is your uh, is, in- is Troy McGeady is your Instagram name it's Troy Jean Spears but oh, if sorry. you okay. Troy McGeady, it'll pop up okay gotcha or yeah check out Beyond the Blinds find out all the tea on the celebrities you love uh, that you'll soon not love (laughs) 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 until then you can find us at sissy that pod on instagram to get updates on the show we are count we are voting on our favorite drag race moment of 2023 over there and you can support us on the premium feed as well we're doing episodes on dragula and canada as well until then i shall see you love you bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.